Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk, Journo's edition. It's the Michael Chambers Takeover edition. We talk Tigers, Benji Marshall, Tim Sheens. Who's running the show? Danny? I'll have a chat about the wedge between the media and the Blues. Uh, you're stirring the pot again, Adam? Mick, the CBA. What the hell does it all mean? <laughs> Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to another edition of Footy Talk. I'm the host this week, Michael Chamis here. No Adam Peacock, but Danny Widler, he joins me. Hello, Danny. Is this a listener podcast? Is that what you're supposed to People say? People will be listening. Oh, it's a listener podcast. Yeah. Well, they'll be listening. You're going well, host. I'm the host. host with the most. I've wide-entered Adam Peacock, but I've brought in Adam Pengilly instead. Hello, Adam. Where is Adam Peacock? He sort of stirred up the old Ashes thing with um, Travis Head the other yeah. day, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And now he's taking a bit of a break, so... You got an exclusive interview with Travis Head and create a bit more drama. I like the drama in the cricket. Yeah, I don't know if it's a break. I think I've performed well and moved up the seat to hosting. <laughs> That's probably more accurate. But anyway, let's uh, move Glad on. He's brought his body's attitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the attitudes here. Speaking of attitude, the CBA negotiations, the RLPA—they've got some attitude at the moment. What's going on? They're boycotting you, blokes. They don't want to talk to the media. Oh, you blokes. <laughs> I'm not part of you today. I'm <laughs> so you're going to have no opinions on this Oh, I don't podcast, worry. I'll come so in and chime in with an opinion. I hope so. What's going on? Can I first say that I'd like to boycott this story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did we have to go there in the first place? Well, this is what they wanted. They wanted the attention of the RLPA because they do seek a lot of attention and they've decided to do what? Are they not talking it, to media at all? In a nutshell, there is no media to be done on any day when there's a game. So that will be... No interviews post-match, no interviews pre-match, mm. no press conferences from a player. Coaches will speak. No halftime stuff where you see the, the likes of Danica Mason interviewing a player. You know, none, none of that's going to happen. So there's going to be no extra insight. There also is going to be no interviews with players at clubs on those days. For instance, the way the media works is we go around to a bunch of clubs and we we interview players in set-up situations often on a, you know, always during the week, early in the week. And sometimes if a club is playing on a Sunday, for instance, we might do it on a Thursday as well um, where we talk to three or four players because of if it's a Thursday, that's a game day, that means no interviews with the players at all. So we're not going to hear from players from a Thursday through to a Sunday. That is the, the I guess, the action that is being taken by the players. Mm. So, so let me get this straight. So the RLPA have the shits with the NRL, so they in turn take it out on the broadcasters who pay them the billions of dollars that pay the players. Well, they're the ones that are going to suffer the most, Michael, aren't they? Because Fox and Channel 9, who we work for, are pay tipping in a lot of money, and they're the ones that are going to miss out on the access before and after games as it stands at the moment. Like, to be honest, I'm not surprised we got to this point. It's been building for a very, very long time. I think it was mentioned yesterday that been negotiations for the best part of 20 months. Mm. Like, can you believe that, Danny? 20 uh, months. This has been going on? That is bad from both parties. Of course it is. That is, I've got no real, I'm not on a side in any of this, but I just think for both parties to not get something resolved after 20 months is pretty amateurish. Well, it's embarrassing for the game, Danny. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. It's embarrassing. Like, it's amateurish. The, the last CBA expired October 31 last year. Like we're nine months on. We still haven't got any agreement. Yes, they've agreed on a fair few points, but still a lot of stuff that's, that's outstanding at the moment. And the players feel like this is almost one of their last resorts to take action, whether you agree with it or not. 
That's what they're doing. It's embarrassing though. Like, how is it punishing the NRL? How? Well, I suppose they're probably taking away access to the, their main broadcasters who are going to start turning around and saying to the NRL, well, you've got contracts with us to provide players on game That's day right, yep. and you're not fulfilling that contract. Yep. So they're putting the NRL in a very awkward position from a contract point hoping, of view with I guess, the broadcasters. They're probably hoping that broadcasters will go to the NRL and say, hey, this isn't NRL and say, this is not good enough. Mm. We need our access back. Get so, your ass into gear and do something. So why don't they strike then? Put their money where their mouth is well, and strike. You, you can't win with a strike, Mick. Well, like, was, how are you going to win with a strike? The players are already on, from a PR point of view, pretty fragile ground, I would have thought. And if you turn around and, and institute a strike, like, come on, like, that's going to go down so badly. Well, I was on radio this morning with Laurie Daly yes. on Big Sports Breakfast, and he said the only true action would be a strike. Mm. If they want to make a genuine impact and – Laurie's a very senior voice in the game mm. and he's you know, he's been in Super League and everything else and he knows the impact these things have and that's he he said if the players are fair income and they want to put their money where where their mouths are and their beliefs are, mm. that's how to how to do it. And the the other interesting, I guess, sideline sidelight to all of this is players who have existing media contracts. They can still do it. Yeah, they can still talk to the media. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not lo- they're not losing financially at all. Now I guess that's not going to wash that well with the public either. I wouldn't have thought so. No, Adam, you're across this. You do a lot of a lot of stories on this with the, the Sydney Morning Herald. It seems to me that there's only one party really willing to take a back seat here, take a back step, and actually willing to negotiate and sacrifice at the moment. And well, the who's RLPA, that who's that? It was the NRL, from what I can tell. I've spoken to oh. clubs. It seems like for every five things the NRL sacrificed, the RLPA only give up one thing. Yeah, it seems I, as though their demands and their their demands are unrealistic, and we know what they're for the listeners out there. Their demands revolve around these these payments outside. Not not we're talking salary cap. They've resolved the salary cap, but these funds outside of that, the retirement funds and medical, that's all, part all different of it. funds. Yeah, that's I think, part I think of it. it's they want control of those funds. Is that fair to say? Oh, I think they definitely want control of those funds. Mm. Uh, when the NRO wants to put in some parameters about how that money is spent and some oversight and some governance about that. But it's not just about those funds. There's, there's other issues like in terms of agreement rights, in terms of how long the season's going to be. Like, can the NRL just automatically extend the length of the season without consulting the players and, and them having... Listen, there's one part of this that really disappoints me is the International Rugby League impasse at the moment. I wrote about that on the weekend. Yeah. Danny, we had a great World Cup last year. Mm. Like, Michael, you were over there for the World Cup. Mm. Like, Samoa making the final made that World Cup. It was fantastic. Luai and Crichton and To'o and mm. Junior Palo, all those guys playing for their, their heritage nation in Samoa. Mm. Well, guess what? We've got no international footy locked in for this year in a few months' time. We have no idea when Samoa's going to play their next game. And we have, have absolutely no schedule whatsoever at all leading up to the next mm. World Cup. And that's all contingent on this CBA getting done. And they can't agree on player payments for that. So it's affecting international rugby league. Like there's so many different parts of this CBA that they're complex. It's hard to get your head around, but a really important issue is that they just can't solve. You know what I, I struggle with? I know this isn't going to be a popular thing to say, but I, I really struggle with the message that the players are trying to put forward. I listen to Clint Newton. I think I think Clint is a, uh, a smart guy mm. and I think uh, his heart's in the right place, mm. but I think the messaging is really poor. I, I listened to that press conference yesterday. I think it went for, what, half an hour or so, whatever mm. And I, my head was spinning. Mm. I was sitting there going, what are they, what do they want? Mm. I heard journalists ask the questions, what do you want? Today I heard Clint interviewed on um, uh, SEN radio again, like how, and he was asked, how do we resolve this? No clear answers. The water is muddied or it's just, it doesn't, and I, like I, I want to understand and I find that 
I don't understand anything that's coming out of that the players. I don't think the messaging is good. The big issue, Danny, they've got now is the mistrust between the NRL and the Players Association and players is so bad right now. It almost feels like they need some sort of circuit breaker mm. to get this across the line. And now Clint's been speaking about an independent industrial relations expert to come mm. in. Like we're forgetting, we've already had two extremely intelligent men in Hugh Marks and Brett Clegg who have acted as facilitators on media as yeah. this, and they haven't been able to nothing, get it done. Nothing. They haven't been able to get it done. Hey, look, let's let's put another thing on the on the table. Andrew Abdo and Clint Newton. Well, they're dis- not saying eye to eye at all. Well, I, I think they dislike each other. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's being kind. Yeah, okay. That's probably being kind. Yeah. Uh, and I think that maybe they need to be removed from the negotiations. Maybe there's got to be other people. Well, brought I, in. I think they're both, they're both negotiating their first deal. And to me, it looks like they want to prove one of them's top dog. Mm. And, they're, and they're both not giving in. So you reckon it's egos? I think the egos are getting in the way, definitely. Mm. So maybe they need to be removed. Just one last point on this, if that's okay, guys, is, is the club licensing agreements haven't been spoken about much. But as it stands right here this morning, mm. the 17 clubs that play in the NRL competition at the moment have not signed to be a part of the 2024 competition yet. Mm. Like those agreements expire in literally three or four months. Like, is that not embarrassing? That if, yeah, you're, if you're a fan of... Oh, the whole thing's embarrassing, yeah. if, you're, if you're a fan of the Roosters or the Rabbitohs or the Broncos or the Storm, your team hasn't signed on to play in the 2024 competition yet. Just as a side, again, a side point, how much do you reckon fans care about not seeing players interviewed on a Oh, not much, day. Danny, to be honest. I, yeah. I wouldn't think so. See, I'm a bit different. I, I think that just say we see a – let's go to Origin, right? Yep. We see a, a debutant have a cracking game. Of uh, course, in that and, situation, and yes. then we don't get to hear from him. Yes. I mean, I, I I consider myself as someone who'd like to hear from him, yeah. whether or not I'm a, in the media or not. And that lets me down. Mm. Uh, are we going to see – an acceptance, yeah. like we talked L- about. Let me ask month. you this then. Yeah. I was speaking to Danny off air before. So the, the game ends on Wednesday night. Is Daly Chervin going to speak when he accepts the, tr- the shield? Good question. I don't know. What happens What happens if he kicks a winning field goal in the 80th minute and you can't get an interview him after, but, but after it, the not game? Not even that. Like, is, is he going to go on stage? I don't that's, know. that's aired on Channel 9. Is he going to then not going not gonna to speak? I, I couldn't tell you. And not accept the shield? Or is I he going to decide, know. you know what? I'm going to, this is our moment. I'm going to talk, pick and choose when they want to talk. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but, he'll, maybe he'll do some mime. <laughs> I like that well, there, interpretive dance. But there's some great stories around the NRL at the moment. Oh. Like there's a guy who's playing for the Dragons tomorrow night called Dan Russell making his debut. Mm. He's 27 years old. Mm. Are we going to hear from him about his nope. story and his journey nope. to make his first great debut? that's where I feel like the fans miss out. Exactly. Speaking okay. of origin, boys, we'll move on. Freddie, 100% <sighs> footy on Monday night. Mm. He wasn't too happy with the New South Wales media and their coverage of the selection or the non-selection of Nico Hines. Danny, you were on air that night. What do you make of Freddie's comments that there is a wedge being driven by the New South Wales media between he and Nico Hines? Freddie uh, and the Blues believe that sections of the New South Wales media are against them. I guess that's because there's such a saturation and the Blues aren't going well. And they've interpreted in their own way that there's a set against them. Now, look, we work for nine. Freddie works for nine. And clearly... Well, I believe part of it is to do with the fact that Freddie doesn't work for Fox or News Corp. And we, I, you don't see Fred, Brad Fittler on many, if any, Fox shows. So I feel like there is something behind all of this. Uh, and I think that's where maybe Freddie's coming from because I think at the outset, it would be probably more comfortable for a Fox person or a News Corp friendly person to be coaching the Blues. We've seen a, a strong push from News Corp for certain coaches like Ricky Stewart, mm. who they have a good relationship with. I'm not saying 
Brad Fittler doesn't get on with anyone at News Corp. I feel the yeah, way the I… the two origin coaches are, are, are Channel 9. Billy I Slater. feel that it, my, the way I interpret it is that that's where some of it's coming from. Mm. What, what about any backup there from anyone or no? No, I can understand, just, I can understand just, what you're saying, Danny, for, yeah. for sure. But I, I think we've got to be really careful to accuse someone of driving a wedge between a coach and a player. And well, who, also, who's and, done and, it? And, and also asking legitimate questions about team selections and his use of certain players. Well, mm. to be fair, to, to, I, I take your point. If there is a wedge being driven, it's because of the way he's been axed, Nico Hines. Picked on the bench for game one when many people, now I, I agree with, with Luai being picked, but many people thought that Nico deserved to be the number six, the number six for New South Wales. Plays the last seven or eight minutes, misses that tackle, dropped. They didn't look at him again for the rest of the series. Mm. Now, if there's a wedge being driven there, I think the non-selection does a does that for that relationship. Yeah. They, they, I don't know how Nico Hines really feels. I don't think, he's, he's, I don't think it's personal with No, Freddie but it's not. And that's, that's the inference that it's somehow in some way personal. I don't think it's a personal thing. Mm. But isn't it incumbent on us as media and journalists to ask questions about Yeah, I saw Brent Reid the other night with Greg Alexander on NRL 360. Mm. And I saw Brandy took exception to the questioning of Bradman best being selected in the team based on one game. Now, to be fair, I, I, I didn't say anything wrong with with Breedy's question, but Brandy, there's definitely you got the sense they think the new the media is against them. Yeah, and 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 I feel as though I've seen this before when Laurie Daly, towards the end of his tenure, we were covering Origin, he started to get a bit like this as well. And the and the feeling from within the New South Wales camp was stuff the media, stuff everyone else around us, mm. everyone's out to get us. But the reality is, when you lose three out of four series, that's the nature of the beast. You're going to cop it, mm. just as just as when they won. They were praised for what they did. I don't think Brad Fittler could have got any more compliments for what he did with that team when he won those series. In 2018 and 2019, absolutely. Mm. Mm. 100%. But you lose and this that's why Origin is what it is. That's why there's so much interest around Origin yep. is because it, it, people have opinions on it yeah. and it's polarizing. And if you don't have that, you don't have the product that you do now getting 3 million people watching it every time it's on. Mm. I'm going to explore this issue a bit further in my column on the weekends. So. What are you going to do? I'm just doing a bit of research around it. Oh, Sun Herald Sunday, <laughs> tune in. <laughs> How does this end now? How does this end with New South Wales? Does Freddie continue as coach? Does he walk away? What's your feeling with how this finishes on Wednesday well, night? I'll ask this question, Mick. Is, is there a logical alternative waiting in the wings to take over? And that's been the question. There, there hasn't been. But do you, but do you think Freddie, I, through everything I he's been Adam. through? Like who, who, who's better? But are let, we let, missing one look. point here? Do you think Freddie walks away? He oh, could. there's a chance. He could, yeah. I think there's a chance, yeah. absolutely. Has yeah. he had enough? Well, oh, I, don't, I don't think he's loving. The, he's not enjoying as much as what he used to, Dave. Yeah, yeah. You, you look at him now, and you, the whole setup's changed, hasn't it? The Blues. Yeah. I don't see him getting the same level of joy that he was getting, but obviously because they're losing. Yeah. And it's not going how how he wants it to go. But, and and the the wedges in the media and the attacks on him. A lot of it's been personal. Yeah. Uh, it's been pretty personal. I think it's been more than just football. But don't don't discount how competitive he is, right? He he will not want to finish his origin coaching career on the back of two straight series losses. Mm, no. Like he might think to himself, I can just get enough out of this squad in this state next year to win the series and then it might be time for me to ride off into the sunset after that. He, I, I reckon it would leave a, a, a really bitter taste in his mouth to go out on the back of this series, I reckon. Mm. Right, okay, well, who's better? Boys, <laughs> who's better? Like who's available and who, who could do it? Like you can see that there's a lot of people at the moment who pretend- Can be a club coach. <sighs> I think it should be Bellamy. I think Bellamy should do it. And then Jason Rolls is within the system at the Storm. He can continue during that six-week period. And then when Bellamy re retires at the end of next year, he continues on coaching as as a full-time New South Wales coach. That's what I would do if I was New South Wales rugby league. I'd be exploring that option. But 
Anyway, I, I was I covered New South Wales when Bellamy was coach, and I I don't remember the record that he had, but I do remember it wasn't a great vibe with the team. I just, yeah, but I just remember I, I no, nothing jumps out of me as going that was a really great time. And I think Bellamy recognised that. I think he regrets the way he handled that period. And I just think if he had one more chance, it's the last box for him to tick. I, I think Craig and Bellamy. Why if you're Melbourne though, right, and you're paying, what's Craig Bellamy getting, 1.6? Oh, huge dollars. Because yeah. he's given him everything for 20 years. And if he wants to do so it, you give him a chance so they to just, do it. Okay, here's 1.6 to go off for a good block of time where this is going to dominate. Origin's got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's harder and harder for someone to have another another serious coaching job, I think. To do, you, do, do, you, do you reckon that Craig would be happy to coach against Billy Slater if he's still coaching Queensland next year? He's coached them when they were playing. He coached against them when they were playing. Yeah, yeah but he didn't like it. Didn't like it. This, look, this is, this is, you know, man on man. This is coach mm. against coach, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And Billy still works with the Melbourne Storm, you've you got to remember as well. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that would it's a good. It's a good, it's a good yeah. suggestion, but I just don't know whether a club coach can do it. Yeah. Well, speaking of coaches, Tim Shane's Benji Marshall, who's running the show at the West Tigers. We'll talk about that just after the break. Yeah, welcome back. Footy talk here. Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald. Danny Widler, Channel 9. Boys, the West Tigers, 74 zip. Uh, right on the weekend after that loss that the West Tigers, behind the scenes, were planning to fast track Benji Marshall into that head coaching role. Now, we know... There's a two-year agreement there with Tim Sheens to be head coach for Benji to take over in 2025. But it's my understanding, though, while Tim Sheens will hold on to that title, Benji Marshall will be running the show completely by the time preseason rolls around. Now, Tim Sheens has held a press conference during the week and he said, no, no, I'll remain head coach, which I said he will. But Benji, his influence on the West Tigers so, is growing every week. So, Chammy, are you saying, in, in this scuttlebutt that you're putting out there? <laughs> Here we go. Are you saying, right, are you saying that Tim Sheens is now basically uh, a figurehead? Yes. He's, he's just standing there. Not now. I think it will be. I think he still um, has yeah. quite quite a say at the West Tiger. I think Benji, the way it was explained to me, is Benji's probably 70-30. Right. That's the percentage the of, of influence, stuff. right? Yeah. Like, right, he's talking about right now. Right now. Right so Benji's now. doing three quarters of the coaching yes. almost right yeah. now. Yes. And they got beat 74-0. Yes. But there are still things there where Tim Sheens – has his say, has the power, like team selections. If there's a com there's a there, there are always conversations, okay. but Tim Sheens has the final say. So why so next year, right? Mm. Benji is gonna be virtually coaching the side, and we're gonna see Tim Sheens rock up at presses and either take credit or cop the, the rubbish from the media if they lose 70 nil again. Is that what's gonna happen? Yeah. So, so he's he's like some sort of what is he now just a, a spokesperson? Well, he said the other day, it's his role to protect Benji Marshall. So he's like a the, bodyguard. The club for Benji. want to protect Benji Marshall. Yeah, he's his bodyguard, basically. That's, that's amazing, but isn't it? Listen, the elephant in the room at the West Tigers is the relationship with Tim Sheens and the club power breakers. Now, you guys have heard that it's a, it's without disrespecting Tim Sheens. I think there are people at the West Tigers who feel the Tim Sheens that they were sold is not the Tim Sheens that they have seen. Well, who's well, what, do you, that? what do you mean by that? Yeah. What, what, what? yeah whose fault's that? Whose fault is that? What that they've signed someone that they didn't think would be? Is that because as... that's because uh, they went to a lunch and were suddenly swayed, <laughs> told by by, by, by News Corp to sign up Tim Sheens as coach? The same News Corp that are calling for his head now? Yeah, I mean, it was that what? So you're saying they didn't research it properly? I'm saying that Tim Sheens. There are people at the club who felt as though Tim Sheens was the man to lead them out of this hole. I don't know if they have the same faith in Tim Sheens. So why stick with him? Because they've got a plan now. 
And that plan is Benji Marshall. And if Benji Marshall isn't quite ready, mm. then they need someone to protect him. That is what Tim Sheens' role is now. To protect oh, Benji Marshall until he's ready. So he's oh, a 73-year-old bodyguard. Yeah. Wow. What, what about um, the idea, I mean, I've talked to a few people at the Tigers, that they bring in a couple other people to help Benji. Like who? Justin Holbrook. Justin Holbrook. Mm. His name's been mentioned to me. John Morris. His name's been mentioned to me. There's plenty out there. I mean, So they, what does that say about Tim Sheens then? If you're getting well, a guy, you're just told me he's nothing but a, no, but I'm, a I'm, question. But you're answer. arguing against that. You were saying no, I'm, that I'm it, just I'm not arguing against anything. I'm just asking. So that proves you. my point that there are concerns around the coaching. I'm not doubting what you're saying. Okay. Because I'm hearing the you're same hearing the scuttlebutt but around I, other people. I'm hearing before he was even appointed. I was hearing it, hmm. not not after he's appointed, which surprises me that the Tigers didn't hear it as well. So I, I want to know why then. I don't want to see Benji uh, hung out to dry because he, he's a, a legend of the game. Uh, he's a West Tigers legend. And I'd hate to see it go south for him because he deserves better than that. But I think in order for him to operate at his maximum and, and develop into the coach that we all hope he'll be, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have an experienced person like mm. a Holbrook or a Morris around. Speaking of... Older bodyguards. Tim Sheens isn't the only one in the NRL playing protection mode at the moment. Phil Gould held a press conference during the week. Oh, so we finished on the Tigers, are we? We moved on to your okay. club, the All Bulldogs. Right. Your man Gus, <laughs> the bodyguard. Club. Is it getting harder for teams to rebuild now? Because you've seen the Dragons, we've seen the Bulldogs, we've seen the Tigers. And in, if you look back maybe five to seven years ago, the, the Parramatta Eels took a long time to get out of the hole that they were in as well. It's getting harder and harder for teams to to get it, out of this Is hole. it really, Mick? Like, yeah, honestly. It, it feels as though teams are struggling. Look at the teams that have struggled for a long time. Titans, Warriors, the three teams that I mentioned. Well, no, don't put the Warriors in that conversation. Look what, how they're going this yeah, year. Yeah, okay. How long has it been since they've they, actually they, had a good season? They were though? completely ravaged by COVID and they seem to have turned it around in the space of 12, COVID, 18 they were months. They the team that everyone expected oh, to do I'm not, well. I'm not disputing well. that. But what, okay, for another example, what about the Broncos? Had the wooden spoon two or yeah, three years this, ago. This argument around the Broncos, I can't cop because the Broncos team, when they won the wooden spoon, everyone was dumbfounded as to how they won the wooden spoon because there was so much talent in their roster. But they still turned it around in the space did. of a year or two. They did, but they had talent in their in their roster. We're talking about the teams now. We're looking at the roster of the Bulldogs and thinking, geez, where's their next win coming? Like, I just think there's a difference in comparing the Broncos' turnaround to the clubs that we're uh, mentioning. I'm not disputing that, but it can be done. Like it's not as it's not impossible. The problem is, guys, that um, I know. I think Gus said in either on 100% Footy or, or a media conference he did the next day that he's got a lot to spend. He's got a lot of money to spend. Mm. But, but a lot he, of clubs have a lot of money. Yeah, and they can't. There's no one out there. Why? So they can't find players to well, buy. The, the reason so that is makes the because the salary hard. cap went up so much right. that the clubs then locked in all their players. So that everyone's now locked in on long-term deals. They all got pay rises. For example, we talk about Tino Fasua Malawi and David Fafita. Phil Rothfield wrote on the weekend that they are now free agents mm. because they had a Justin Holbrook clause in mm. their contract. They already paid probably overs money. at the Titans because their salary cap went up so much. To try and get him out of their contract, you can't justify paying him that much money. Can I ask you, is, are we overlooking maybe an obvious reason why clubs are in this situation? And that's because of the Dolphins. Uh, so much talent went to the Dolphins, players who other teams could maybe mm. have drawn on. Uh, a new team in the comp without really a lot of extra talent coming into the comp and we're suddenly putting one point. new team in. I wonder whether... It's the Dolphins factor that's mm. making it harder for the Dragons, the Tigers, Bulldogs, and others to rebuild. Is that is that like suddenly we've got 
how many, what, 30 less players to choose from of, of yeah. quality and players that obviously Wayne Bennett thought were good enough to sign mm. up. I reckon what we're seeing at the moment is the clubs with the best pathway systems are really mm. rising to the top at the moment. Yeah. You look at the, Pan the, the, the Panthers, the Broncos. The Sharks have got a really good pathway system. Mm. The Rabbitohs. Those teams have been building their pathway systems for many, many years now are doing well. And clubs that have probably shied away from it a little bit and haven't had great pathways like the Tigers and the mm. Dragons mm. and the Bulldogs are, are struggling. Well, I know that well, Gus is big on pathways, yeah. as, we, as we all know, and that's where he's putting a lot of en energy into now. But from conversations I've had with him, those players are ready in three or four years, yeah. Yeah. not not now when – they probably have a year, year or two of grace with Seraldo at the mm. moment, but the heat will be on, you know, if, in, well, in a couple of years if they haven't suddenly shut up the table. Let's not sugarcoat it. The Bulldogs have been extremely disappointing this year. Like yeah. I, I give them a little bit of credit because they they had a couple of really bad long term injuries at the start of the year with guys like Kickow mm. and Luke Thompson, Ado Car missed a lot of football, a couple of really high profile players. But the last six weeks has just yeah. not been good enough. I Nowhere near good enough. They've hit the wall. Yeah, the the, the players who were surviving on pure guts and determination yeah. and I guess adrenaline because they're playing first grade mm. and they're probably they've played above themselves mm. in the in the long hard days of winter mm. those performances are not there for everyone to see now mm. and I think it's going to be a tough finish for the dogs yeah will the dogs throw their their name up for Tino Fasul Malawi and Dave Vafito what are you hearing around those two and what clubs are interested in in their services well you go, Adam. You've, oh, the Dragons have obviously expressed an interest, Mick. They're, they're keen to try and get them out of their contract at the Titans. Shane Flanagan's going to be extremely aggressive in the recruitment space, but I, if I'm being honest, I can't see them leaving the Titans. Mm. Like, particularly with a guy like Dave Fafida. If you look at his personal situation, his partner, Shaylee Bent, who's an outstanding player mm. uh, for New South Wales, she was contracted to the Dragons last year. And that was when David Fafida was off contract, remember? And she decided to sign with the Titans to make the move to the Gold Coast. So... You know, if you're reading between yeah. the lines, you can't see him wanting to pack up and leave the Gold Coast now that she's up there as well. Canberra, apparently a million dollars a year for four years. Yeah, they're, they're going to have a crack if Fafida says to the club that he wants to enact on that cause. Uh, he, they're waiting for that. Yeah. They're and that, but they had a crack at him for a million a year already, haven't they? A bit less than that. Yeah. But still, yeah. that's but what I'm saying. Regardless. He's on good money anyway. What are you going to offer him to get him out? You're going to pay him 250 over his contract? It's just reckless. No one's going to do that. I just can't see them leaving the Gold Coast where they have set up themselves to mm. go and make another, what, $50,000 after tax? I just can't see it. No, I don't I don't necessarily see it either. But I think it's a good story, though. Like yeah. a, it's a good story that Buzz got about yeah. them being having clauses in their contract. And I'm, I'm really surprised that the Gold Coast allowed that. It's a big call, isn't it, Danny? Like to, to sack Holbrook knowing <laughs> your two best players have got contracts tied to him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ballsy. Yeah. Isn't it? And then I guess – but I know that Tino was actually – close to, to Holbrook. Yeah. And I think it's a significant thing for him that they, they sacked him. Well, so if, that, if, if you're another club, right? Well, is, is he a Ben Hunt-like figure? Is he going to... Well, I was going to say, what will you be doing to try and get Justin Holbrook on your staff now? Yeah. If you're another club. Yeah. Or knowing the relationship he's got with those guys. 100%. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Mm. You mentioned pathways earlier. Uh, the Penrith juggernaut keeps on rolling on. Top of the ladder again. Mm. Another season. We've got so, They've got so many players involved in State of Origin. Is this a dynasty we're seeing? That was the best win of the season last year, Danny, I thought, from any team at all this year. I thought from 14-0 down yeah. against the Storm in Melbourne without Nathan Cleary to come back and win that game so comprehensively, they were awesome, absolutely awesome. So if they stay fit and don't have too many injuries, Nathan's going to come back fresh in a couple of weeks mm. from his hamstring problem. Jeez, I tell you what, they're going to take some stopping. They're ferocious. 
Yeah. Their, their defense is ferocious. Yeah. And um, I understand why people were doubting them uh, and they thought might, we thought they might go backwards, particularly with no Appy yep. at the start of the year. And there's a lot of questions around Mitch Kenny. He's been great. Mm. Their system is just so good. Mm. They're being well coached by Ivan Cleary. Does he get enough credit, Danny? Likely, Probably we, not. We, we looked last year and said, oh, he's lost Cameron Sorrell on Andrew Webster. He's too yeah, yeah, the yeah. assistants. And they haven't missed a beat. No, they, they've been – they probably missed a couple of beats at the but, start of the but year. Now, but they, they were tired at the start of the year. You yeah, can see World the Cup toll of the World Cup. Yeah. I, I was out there for the World Club Challenge, and they just didn't look, did not look interested. Mm -hmm. They had no intensity about them, and they played like that for the first month of the season. But they're starting to hit their straps now. Be interesting to see how they pull out of Origin, though. If that starts to they seem take to rest a toll them, on their though. body, they, they, seem, they have done well yeah, resting they, them. They rest their play. They they get it right. Um, they understand those players. Um, I guess it would be interesting to see how uh, mentally Jerome Luai bounces mm. back because he went through a lot after that second game mm. uh, and he's been dropped and that's that's a hit to his ego. And it's mm. probably the first time we're going to see him as a professional footballer up against things. In his personal life, he's mm. he's, he's risen above everything um, to be where he is now. But it'll be interesting to see how he how he copes with it and how he bounces back. Now, personally, I thought he was unlucky to be dropped. I thought I thought he was actually did well for the Blues, but you know, when you look at it more broadly, they haven't been scoring tries, so he gets the blame. I understand that. So that'll be a good challenge for Jerome mm. uh, and and the other players as well. So mm. so when you look back in which, when we talk dynasties, right? You look back at that Eels team, the eighties to win. Chammy? No, it wasn't eighty eight. No. I was born. Was that when was their last premiership? Eighty six. Eighty six. Eighties yeah. were good. If if the <laughs> thanks for letting us know, mate. If, if, if they win a premiership this year, Danny, can you hold them in the same regard as that Peter Sterling, Brett Kenny team? Absolutely. Mm. I know on paper that will be three in a row, but would you hold them in the same regard as that esteemed Parramatta team that why, everyone talks why about so highly? We? Mm. It's a salary cap here. It's harder it's, to win cops. It's tough. It's tough. And they, they're proving themselves to be a great team. Mm. And I don't know exactly where their major threat is coming from. I, I I've thought all along Souths, but mm -hmm. they've had but and that win actually we're talking about great wins, that win against, uh, the against the Warriors, that was quality. I gave them no hope. It felt like that was like a season-defining win against yes. the Warriors on the back of a really rough five or six weeks. And it's interesting that both those real top-flight teams, Penrith and Souths, yeah. had that those victories. So. Yeah, I don't know who challenges Penrith. <sighs> yeah, it's interesting to see how it unfolds after Origin. Now, I think that's all we have time for, boys. Today, Adam Peacock. Hopefully be back next week because I don't know if I like this chair, to be honest. I'm staring straight at Danny Wydler. I'd rather not look at him direct in the eyes. You're an intimidating figure, Danny. I was about to say what a good job you did, but I'm not going to say that now. Uh, I can see why people give you stories now because I'm looking at you like square in the eye now. It's a, it's a bit scary. You know I'm just a friendly old Oh, bloke. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a facade. It's a facade. Adam Pengilly, I hope Thanks, you enjoyed Michael. your time because I'm going to take that spot next week. It's all yours. Boys, thank you. Jamie. That's all we got time for.